The millennials are just as impatient as North American millennials, and they're not happy with the customer experience in real estate sales. They want information. They want... So here's the thing. Entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople. We all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question. And this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome to today's show. Super excited to introduce you to a longtime friend and someone that is absolutely changing how real estate is done throughout all of Europe. Get ready. This guy's more intense than I am, and I can't wait to read your comments. Enjoy my podcast with Michael Polsler. The real estate industry is full of some of the most remarkable, interesting, fascinating salespeople, entrepreneurs, franchisers, uh, just crazy people. The guy I'm going to introduce you to right now, though, is arguably at the top of my list of influential, crazy, fun, fantastic people. He and his family and their partner, this, this incredible family partnership, have done something that very few have ever done. Not only have they crossed multiple generations uh, with their partnership and this incredible family dynamic, they've also gone from just being a North American business to now you know, basically being one of the leading real estate companies throughout all of Europe. Um, so I'm really excited to introduce, introduce you to a longtime friend, uh, Michael Bolzer. So Michael, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Tom. Yes, yes thank you, man. So Michael, I really, I've got a bunch of questions um, that I want to get into, you know, both for people that are maybe thinking about uh, creating a franchise, for someone that's maybe thinking about starting their own business. For well, someone just is, before we get to that, yes. we are by far the leading real estate organization in Europe. I, I, I knew okay. that, like, but I just didn't want to by, say so. By far, like, by far. But by the way, if you, can tell, if you can tell by this intensity, this is how he and I are all the time. Let's go. All right. So, so Michael, um, for the people that don't know you or maybe have not been exposed to the, the REMAX Integra, the, the parent company, take us on a little journey from the backstory. Because you and I have a lot in common in that we worked with our dads. Yes. So, so, you know, you went to university, you graduated with honors. How did you get started? Um, oh, okay. Well, well let, let's go back to Polsler Real Estate uh, before before Remax. My father was a real estate broker. I come yeah. from a real estate family. Uh, my sister used to answer the phone at Polsler Real Estate while babysitting me, while my father was at the back making uh, making deals, making making calls with yeah. the the deal board up, uh, the bullpen, uh, the traditional. Uh, Glen Gary, Glen Ross look, exactly. and that's pretty much uh, what 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 life was like. Uh, uh, Polsler Real Estate. My father was a real entrepreneur. Uh, he expanded, uh, so, you know, six or seven offices, hundred and sixty sales associates. But uh, it was always tough as an independent, uh, competing against uh, big banks, big competitors, and uh, in uh, the late nineteen seventies, he uh, heard about Remax. Uh, uh, wanted uh, to do it uh, uh, with a partner. Uh, he partnered up then with uh, Walter Schneider. They've been 50-50 partners uh, since uh, 19, 1980, the Schneider family and us, the Polsler family. And in 1980, uh, started this uh, incredible uh, Remax journey. But you guys didn't come out of the gate 
the way most people would think about that. You guys didn't go out, and at least my understanding is that you didn't buy a franchise. That you know, Walter and and you know, Mr. P, right? Your your pops came out of the gate and said, "No, we want a master franchise, right?" Yeah, is that correct? Yes, yeah. We um, they yeah. uh, uh, decided that they would buy uh, Ontario and Atlantic Canada, which is a total population of about 16, 16 million people, yeah. and. Um, they started selling franchises right right away. That was uh, that was job one. Uh, uh, two Polsler real estate offices were converted to two Remax yeah. kind of show offices. Uh, my father kind of ran them for a while. It was a very short order before my sister uh, took over uh, straight out of university. Uh, running those uh, uh, running the brokerages, and my father and Walter were full full time franchisors. From the real estate industry, yes. so we understood real estate. Like we yeah, all still do. Cold calling, marketing, doing absolutely, deals, hiring agents, yes. firing agents. Yes, yes. So, so which is which is fantastic. Especially like, a lot of people listening to Joe Michael aren't. Some are in real estate. Some are in mortgage. Some are insurance. Some are, you know, some are personal trainers at a fitness business. Some are just entrepreneurs. Some are high school and college kids, right? So, I, I really want them to get like. We we are a prospecting yes. family. Yes. You finish work once you've made X number of contacts and had X number of conversations. Um, it's not about what time the clock says. Uh, you have to either be prospecting or presenting or signing a deal. That's that's yeah. what we do. That's that's like basically that's it. breakfast, that then dinner. Yes, that that's it. So so I think for people that are hearing that, um, so many people, uh, I'm, I'm sure you dealt with it. I know I dealt with it early on, right? Mm -hmm. Being the the son of, right? Mm -hmm. That it, it's just implied that these you know these fathers of ours were wildly successful and therefore you know shoved a silver spoon down our throat and everything was easy. Like that was the case for you, right? Um, I started in garbage. And do you remember the old MLS books? Yes. Um, when people were finished with the MLS books, this was in the 70s before uh, Remax, in the early days of Remax, they would throw them out the back door into the alley, and then it would rain on them, and then they would weigh a couple of hundred pounds, and guess who got to get rid of those MLS books on a regular basis? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's kind of where I started in the business. Uh, uh, you joked about school. You know full well school was not my my strong suit. Um, I uh, decided to retire from school uh, at 19 years old, with almost having finished high school. And uh, you, you and I run that same five-year, six-year program. Yeah, yeah, the five, yes. six-year program. Exactly. We thought maybe we'd just come teach yes. us. We've been there so long. Yes, and um, basically started at 19 years old, uh, October 31st. Um, 1986, um, driving my father around to appointments and uh, listening to what he did. I'd been doing that for years before then, having been in the real estate office. Uh, so I knew all about the kind of... My father's been taking me into meetings since I was a child. Yeah. I remember at, you know, at like 12 years old, you know, do you mind if my son joins us? And I'd sit there and if I would get bored, he'd say, well, go out and walk around and... And uh, 
And uh, then I guess once I was 19, once I was full-time and I was employed, that I wasn't allowed to just leave the meeting. I actually had to stay in the meeting. Stay and Yeah, stay, stay focused. focused. Stay focused, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, through that, uh, it was all about prospecting. One of the first things my, you know, my father handed me to start to the job was here's a MLS book with all of the names of all of the real estate people mm-hmm. in such and such an area with their home telephone numbers on it. Yes. Here's a basic script of what to say. Hi, hi it's Michael Polsler calling from Remax. Have you heard about Remax? Yes or no. And then, of course, you, you exactly. And, uh, you know, we're the fastest growing real estate organization uh, in, in, in the world right now. How long have you been in the real estate business? Of course, ask asking questions. Uh, you, you, uh, you know, at that point, my, the beginning, my father knew the names were generally just every agent and uh, who I was talking to probably wasn't considered a high, high, high level target, but I immediately basically got the basic scripts. Mm-hmm. I wrote down what he said is, was how I created those scripts and um, started dialing for dollars it was on the phones. So that, that was my job. And uh, he did the same thing. We'd set appointments and then we would, once we had appointments, we could leave the office and go and go and visit people. And uh, uh, not, it wasn't just about telling them about Remax. A lot of questions. How long have they been in the business? How's the business going going for them? You know, questions about how many agents do you have? What do you struggle with in the business? Because, you know, ke- keeping in mind, yes, we're a real estate family and we're really fortunate that we've really been so engaged in the real estate sales business, but... The core of our businesses were franchisors, and franchisors are there to provide, you know, ser- service and support. And we needed to know, uh, you know, of course, where where were the pain points for the people we were visiting, and uh, sometimes they were, you know, highest possible targets were successful independent brokers. My father uh, and Walter had a lot of credibility because uh, Walter was. Uh, uh, working before Remax for my father, uh, running the Polsler real estate business, and my father, of course, being the uh, the broker and, and working with Walter already then. So they had a lot of real estate credibility. So we knew what we were talking about, and uh, we sold the dream of really of banding together and uh, being uh, in business uh, for yourself but not by yourself, I think is the uh, very franchisee cliche. So I'm sitting here listening to this and, and you know, because of, you know, you and I spent so much time together, for the people that are listening, they might be like, oh my God, like this guy was raised by a bunch of crazies. I mean, he's, you know, driving around in cars and going on appointments until he's 19 and he's basically, if you don't make your cold calls and book appointments and get coffee meetings, you can't have dinner. I mean, you know, we, we joke about that. No, we, we always had dinner. <laughs> you always were given some food. Yeah. Um, do you think some of that is just... You know, uh, what we didn't mention is both, you know, your dad and Walter, both are, you know, like Austrian, you know, raised, you know, like, um, you know, coming out of World War II, that environment, coming to Canada, right, and, and starting over the sort of the North American dream, if you will. Do you think some of your um, regimented, disciplined mindset from you, your dad, Walter, and everybody, is that a European thing? Was that a Canadian thing? Was that just the Polsler-Schneider thing? Um Hmm. That all of the above. That's that's hard to say. I I, I would say that we didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. 
mean, the other, other, okay, it is, and I mean, and I can of course tell that story. My father came to Canada from Austria. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was 12 years old when the war ended. He was apprenticed as a bread baker. Uh, he came to Canada as a bread baker, and in his uh, early 30s. Uh, uh, ran into trouble with his uh, with his lungs. He couldn't be a baker anymore. And uh, as he was uh, convalescing, he needed a job. He didn't have an education or very good English. So when he looked in the newspaper, it said real estate sales, no experience required. And, uh, you know, that was very valuable. Um, and you realized that, uh, you know, once you paid the $5 for the license, I don't think there was even a test then, you know, you basically did what every new agent should do, and that is go and sell a house to all of your friends because they were all renting around that age, and he sold everybody a house, and he sold their friends' houses. And, of course, you know, you you realize that you had to ask for business and you had to prospect to build build your business. And the, the main thing, if I look at our successes, we've never complicated the business. No. It is about, it's a sales business where, yes, we have a great offering, a great product, whether that's the Remax brand and the, in our case, the sales training that comes along with it. And as far as sales training go, we've always worked with people, people like, like yourself and your, your father and uh, top trainers. Uh, we've done very little, little of it our, our, ourselves, but we would organize it for, for, yes. for, for people. You made it available for people. Exactly. We, we made a recognized brand so people weren't uh, not known. You were known as, uh, as, as, as Remax, even though you owned the business individually. That's yeah. like the uh, fran- franchising. But the core of what we did was prospect looking for people who would benefit from the simple ideas that I just mentioned, and that is prospecting, 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 presenting, 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 and then, of course, the whole process of handling objections because, you know, um, often people are rejected in the first telephone call. Um, the, the first call is, you know, my father, again, cliche, Saying, you know, the, the, the selling begins once the customer says no. Um, the, somebody you call today, they might not be ready to buy for two, three, four years mm-hmm. from now. You're building, a, you're building a network through the, uh, the, the prospecting process, and you're definitely not selling Remax or whatever your product is, any product. Yeah. You're, you're selling coffee. Yeah, uh, you're selling. Let's go. Let's get together and have a have a have a coffee. Exactly. You're selling. You're selling an appointment by by telephone, and then uh, even when you get that first appointment, it's all about getting to know the person, figuring out what their hot buttons are, and really the the the, the thrust of the information. That first appointment is all about getting them in for a full presentation. Um, you don't go out on the first appointment. You certainly don't give too much information by telephone. These are all, to me, very normal, very standard, like you're, 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 sales. You're saying this, though, Mike. I gotta tell you. this is like what everybody should be doing all the time if you're in sales. Thank you. Because what I was going to say is every young entrepreneur, every seasoned veteran, if they, you know, they all hear, like, get back to the basics. And there's a lot of people that don't even understand what the basics are. They think the basics is, like, Facebook versus Instagram. We, we, don't, we don't know yeah. anything other than what I just described. Yeah. You know, Facebook, Instagram, 
newspaper advertising, flyers, faxes, billboards, emails, um, you you know, whether it's, you know, Facebook, Instagram is just, you know, like it's just, it's advertising. It's it's an advertising medium. But, you know, we, we really used a lot of those advertising mediums. The first step is to target the people that you want and proactively go after them. Yes. Don't only try to drive leads and get people to call you. Yeah. We look for the people who we want. If there's some inflow of mm-hmm. business after, or if we want more business than we're getting from looking for it, uh, targeting, um, then great. Both both work. There's there's a point where you need to. You you know you have to put the word out on Facebook and make the phone calls to the people you absolutely want to talk to. It's like the every entrepreneur I talk to. Who is your dream 50 prospects, right? You create that list. They're not people that know you. They're people that you would die to work with and be able to support, support and serve. And you call them and you mail them and you text them and you email them until they get an appointment and you show up and you introduce yourself and you find out what's important. To you're, 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 build, you're building, you're building relationships 100%. and you believe, in, you believe in, in what you're selling. But the big, you know, step one is targeting the people that you want. After that, once you've done that to its fullest extent, then marketing and advertising. And depending on what you're selling, if you're selling houses, you're going to start advertising a lot sooner because, as you've said, uh, to steal your lines, as I I love to do, you know, there's a lot more people that you don't know than that you do know, okay? But, you know, if you're selling, for example, franchises, until you've spoken to every successful real estate broker and every successful agent who might be ready to become a broker and had meaningful conversations and they've all had a presentation, then you don't need to advertise. It's about us proactively prospecting. Too many salespeople act like people do in the car dealership business, for example, or in a retail store waiting for people to come in. Those aren't those are, it's not really truly a sales process. Uh, yes, they're selling some, selling you something, but when I think of it's it. It's easier when they walk in and say, hi, I'd like the blue one. Yes, yeah, and, and, and there are, there's lots of great yeah. car salespeople, but how many times have you gone in and looked at a car, given them your name, and then never heard from them again? How many, how many car salespeople keep in touch with you? Like, the, these prospects we talk about, there are, there are people like, there are many, many stories of people we spoke to for five and seven years before, before they bought. Yep. Every good entrepreneur, every good salesperson knows exactly what he's talking about. Okay, let's, let's fast forward. So I want to get into franchise, I want to get into family business, um, but, but let's, let's go from, and I want to talk to Europe. So, so you, you know, Walter and your father go out, they start this thing, you get involved, Pamela gets involved, it, it becomes this monster. And, and what most people don't know today is, you know, you essentially, you guys control, if you looked at the map, it's around a third of the globe now as the master franchise, uh, yeah. or about, a master franchise. About, a, th- about a third of Remax in, 
about a third of Remax in 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 Europe. We sold uh, about three hundred and seventy franchises last year. About three hundred and twenty the the year before that. Uh, we're at uh, about twenty four thousand sales associates uh, right 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 now. We're in uh, virtually every country in Europe and some countries that actually aren't part of Europe that we've uh, kind of annexed, like uh, is Israel and I guess part of Turkey's Europe. The other part is considered Asia. So yeah. theoretically, we actually have, uh, you, I think you were with me, we have offices in Asia on the other yes. side of the Bosporus uh, in, uh, uh, in, 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 in Istanbul. So basically in a, the European operation from Iceland to the Iranian border, from the Arctic Circle to the uh, bottom of Israel, so I guess that's the Egyptian border, and in yeah, yeah, and in in North America, uh, uh, the province of Ontario, you know, Toronto, Greater Toronto area, uh, um, yeah, all, all of the, the New England states, Indiana, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and the Atlantic provinces of Can uh, of Canada. So all in were somewhere around forty thousand sales associates. So I want right everyone, now. everyone just to think about that number. You know, two guys get together, immigrants that you know get into real estate because it's a no experience required. And here we are, fast forward 50 years later. It's about, about right, 55 years later with your dad? From real estate? Now, from starting real estate? Yeah. yeah. He's now 87. Yeah, yeah, I started in real estate uh, over 50 years ago. Yeah, I mean, so 50 years later, for all of you that are listening that are in your 20s, 50 years later, 40,000 yeah, like agents. Yes. I mean, that's like, that's, that's a Ray Kroc-esque McDonald's type story. So let's, hmm. let's move away from that for a second. I want to talk specifically about, about prospecting. <laughs> no, we're not prospecting. <laughs> but I want you to describe for a minute, seven years ago, you, you, know, you took the helm and you became CEO uh, for Europe. And at that time, you were, were 10,000 agents, 12,000 agents, yeah. Yeah. seven years ago? Yeah, I, th I think it was around uh, 10, 11,000. Describe for all my friends that are working in North America how much fun it was seven years ago, and perhaps even today, to buy or sell an apartment or a house in Europe, anywhere. Describe what the experience was like. The, the real estate sales experience is um, uh, very poor customer service uh, no MLS system, so there's no multiple listing ser no services anywhere. You, you basically, um, agents don't cooperate with each other. Many, again, most, the vast majority of agents do not sell each other's listings. Many listings are taken as open listings, so it's not uncommon to have five different agents with the same listing, advertising it on the same portal at five different yeah. prices, and that's not uncommon. Yeah. That, that, that happens a lot because agents don't cooperate. You need to expose your property that way. Generally, the agents are not knowledgeable. Uh, they, uh, the, 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 we've taught the REMAX yeah. agents yeah. to be. I want to be clear about yeah. that right, right from the beginning, but the average real estate agent does not talk about, understand, Financing, you know, how much does it cost to borrow a hundred thousand euros? Mm -hmm. Well, it costs about four hundred euros a month mm -hmm. in most countries on 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 average. So, be able to scale it up from there. Any real estate agent should be able to I I explain how much does it cost. How much does it to borrow 
$100,000 at today's interest rates. If, if you don't know that instantly yeah. and what the payment on that is, and how does that compare to rent? And, and how, does that, how does that compare to rent? And how much, you, how much do you pay for rent? And this is what you can afford. Yeah. And uh, have you saved any money for, for, for a down payment? And if not, do your parents own their own house? And, you know, all, 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 all of those things. But I think so we're digressing a little bit. It's great because Everett see, you know, a lot of people, you said a couple of days ago, you, we were in an executive meeting and you were sharing with my team. You said, look, post-World War II Europe, was very different from the baby boomer yeah. generation of the U.S. and Canada, yeah. right? And, and yes. you know, back then there was this there was yeah. a European yeah. way and the U.S. way. All of that has changed, yes. except for real estate. Yes, I mean, well, you, we're you can go to any we're 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 changing world. it. We're changing it in in yeah. in, in real estate. Um, so tell, you, you, tell us, I want to know what are three to four things you guys have done in the last seven years to make it better for the consumer hmm. to buy and sell real estate? Okay, well, I. I let me stick with the baby boomers versus the millennials for a second because you, you jumped over that. I think it's very important, okay? Um, European baby boomers were very different than North American baby boomers. Um, uh, at, at that time, you, couldn't, you didn't have the freedom to move, ar move around Europe. Half of Europe was behind the Iron Curtain. And if you lived in a small country like Austria, it was not so easy to move to England or to France, as were once the European Euro bloc came together, then the wall the wall came down in the in the in the EU, you could you could move around. Baby boomers were very different in North America than they were in Europe. If you look at today's the difference between say the the, the millennials, which are in the you know, well into the home, home buying and selling cycle right now, there is not very much difference between a uh, Euro millennial and a North American millennial. It's like fashion. People used to say Euro fashion, Europe cars, mm -hmm. it's different. That's very European. Yeah, some of that's still there. But, you know, if we go to the mall here in California, we're going to find the same stuff that you find in the big shopping areas in yeah, Europe. Yeah, and yeah. the products are going to be generally very similar. So to your point that the millennials are just as impatient as North American millennials, and they're not happy with the customer experience in real estate sales. They want information. They want, you know, we, 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 we did a study of uh, 2,000 consumers that have either uh, uh, bought or sold real estate. It takes up to three years to buy a property. You have to often talk to 30 different agents because there's no buyer representation. Um, and then when you finally find a, 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 pro a property, um, of, of course you're happy and say you're happy with the company because they, fi they, fi they finally had a, had, a, had a house for you. Uh, where where we, we are changing that is we believe in buyer representation. We believe in cooperation. Uh, it's slow, but our agents are doing it. Like, I want you to literally imagine, like, you once said to me a couple of years ago, you said, Tom, you and Kathy show up to Vienna You've identified an area where you want to live. You, you can't you, you can't fly in and say I'd like to see seven houses. No, you cannot. You cannot see if you're very lucky. You can see two houses in one day. It's difficult to see three homes in a week. Um, it takes from when it take the average time to call call back is forty eight hours. Um, you know we're in a general in a place now where people Google something, when you Google what's the population of China, Google doesn't send you an email two days later 
that's how long it takes for agents to call you back. Um, you people want that information right, right, right away. Yeah. Same, same, same thing with uh, with showings. It's impossible to do that in the European marketplace, which isn't good for sellers, nor is it good for for buyers. So we see a significant opportunity in really in working it backwards from the customer. How do we make a better experience for the customer? How do we make a better buying experience? How do we expose sellers' homes to more potential by buyers and 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 the, and, the, and the reason cooperation doesn't work is not so much that agents don't want to do it. There's an element of, of that, but there's no rules in place. You know, if you look at the MLS multiple listing service in North America, there's very clear rules of engagement on commissions and showings and when you have to be able to make the property available by all all of these things. These rules don't exist in the European marketplace, anywhere. And I want to get to the people that are listening. No licensing, right? But a, but a couple of countries. Yeah, there, 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 there is some. There is some licensing. Yeah, there, there's a little bit. Yes, very lot. Very little licensing. But very little governance. Very little rules and regulations. Which you know, on one side, could be wildly exciting. But on the flip side, the person that's losing for the most part is the consumer. Yes. Right. The one that wants to buy. The one. No, that wants to no, sell. no historical data when you want to sell your property to know if the price is right, no historical data for when you're buying to know if, if, if the price is, 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 is right. So no Zillow coming to you. There is right no Zillow. Would, there's, it would be, they, there's no, there's no data. data. There's no, no data anywhere that I have found. How hard was it to come from Canada, Toronto specifically, which you know, Toronto could just as easily be San Francisco, could easily be Miami, New York, meaning the way that you know the, the Canadian and the U.S. real estate rules, it's so similar in terms of how they operate. Yes. How hard was it then to go to Europe and hear that there's no buyer representation, there's no MLS, there's no, there's no cooperation, there's no sharing of listing inventory? How hard was that? Hey, it's Tom. If you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me say repeatedly over and over again, we are living in the review economy. That's right. Consumers are making decisions based upon reviews. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the minds of more amazing people just like you. You can help. Would you go to Apple Podcasts and write a review? Tell them what you think. Hey, one star, five stars, make up your own number of stars. Totally fine by me, but please go to Apple Podcast and write a review. It means the world to me. Thanks in advance. Now, let's get back to the show. It was incredibly easy. Um, I l- loved the challenge. And because I say things like, you know, you should call people back within a day and you should be able to see more than one property in a day and talk about things like the MLS and how North American real estate is done, people go, oh, wow, really? And like time on the market, and you start explaining these things and you realize that, uh, well, well, first you get over the fact that it makes me feel really smart and, and, they, and nobody knows that I'm just basically telling them what everybody in North America knows. Yes. Uh, including, <laughs> including, including all consumers, exactly. Um, but that you're, 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 you're helping people. Um, you know, you're helping agents. Age, agents are 
uh, excited to learn about these things, and that's why Remax has grown really fast. This is such a cornerstone of 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 what of what we what we believe in, and um, we're you know creating a better customer experience. I mean, you know, understanding that as I said, the millennials want fast, you know, uh, service, good knowledge. They, you know, they 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 want they they don't want to do business the, the the way their 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 parents did or the way it's always been done. No, no different than, you know, con- how consumers buy things online here now. People don't shop the way they did 10, 10, year, 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm gonna hit you with a bunch of questions really fast. So, question number one. Your prediction 10 years from now, how is real estate done in Europe? Um, Europe is 600 million people. Yeah, 760 million. If you include Russia yes. and you go all the way up to half of Russia, not including Russia, it's about 600 okay. million. Anyways. It's a lot. Like, yeah, it's big. It's 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 more than it's more, it's more than it's double 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 the double the, double the, US. Double the United yeah. States. Okay. Um, uh, I believe that you know my my vision is that uh, enough people will have changed and adopted to our way of doing business, which will not end up exactly like the North American model. That's not what we encourage, but we just by creating a better customer experience. Um, the, the ones who adopt will be in business and flourish. I believe a lot of those people are not even in the business yet because I've tried to speak to a lot of our competitors about these ideas, like cooperating with each other, and you don't get a great response. I believe those who adopt will flourish and those who do not adopt to better customer experience are going to be out of, the, out of the business. I think the customer experience is going to be much better in most parts of Europe in 10, in 10 years from now. But the scale of the project is like swimming across the Atlantic. It is, yeah. it's, 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 it's mammoth. I, I, Try not to think about it. I feel like, you know, like probably how Columbus and the guys on the boats felt when they were just pulling out of Spain and they could look back and they still see Spain. Just keep going west. No matter what happens, keep going west. We're going to, we'll hit land eventually. You said something to me yesterday, you know, we've been just hanging out and masterminding and brainstorming having fun. Uh, you said something yesterday that I, I wrote down immediately as one of the best metaphors I've heard in a long time. You said, imagine 120 years ago, all these guys in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Finish that. Well, I, how I feel doing my job yeah. is like, yeah, like 120 years ago, standing in the middle of the desert in Saudi Arabia, surrounded by the local people trying to explain to them what's in the ground, that black stuff in the ground, exactly, and we're going to pump it out of the ground and we're going to sell it to the whole world and you're all going to be fabulously wealthy and not just sitting here eating dates, hoping to find some water. And how that sales process would have worked. And... 120 years ago, they didn't understand 
all that oil that was under the ground in a place like Saudi Arabia, let alone being the first people who were there trying to explain to get that oil out. That's how I feel about real estate in Europe right now. I know that oil is down there and we've shown that we're starting to get it out. We have very good stories of cooperation. We have very good stories of agents working together to create a better customer experience. And therefore, we've had the level of success we have. That's why we have, uh, you know, 24,000 and growing rapidly, uh, you know, 15 to 20% uh, growth and sales volume every 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 year you know that that's and that's compounded so that's you know uh that not many companies grow that fast and it's because consumers choose to use us because we train our agents differently and and here's what for me what's really important to to this tom is i will share this with any of our competitors I will share this story with anybody who wants to listen. Of course, I'd love them to join Remax, but more than anything, I'd like them to join me in creating a great customer experience. Um, and I, I, I'm begging somebody to copy us yeah. and work with us. And, and so far, we haven't had a lot, a lot of luck with our competitors, but we found a lot of like-minded people who want to join Remax. So that's great. Okay, a couple other quick, easy questions. Best advice for someone working in a partnership and or family business, because you have both. How do you make that work? Partnership, you know, Mr. P and Walter, and then family, you, Pamela, and now Christopher, and, you know, multi-generational. How do you make it work? Because we all know how to make it not work. How do you make it work? Um, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we're just lucky um that we've always gotten along and everybody's been really fair and equitable with with each other i think that that's the case um my sister and i are a fair bit older than walter's family Uh, my father is you know 20 years older than uh than, than 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 walter is and um um my nieces and nephews work in the business they've done everything from mortgages. Uh, Three of my nieces sell real estate. Walters uh, has uh, two of his three uh, children now in their uh, 20s in the the business. Uh, My son, Max, is uh, 19 years old now. He was just at our regional owners meeting in uh, Switzerland. He's been to many, many Remax events. I don't know if he'll choose to work in the the business. biggest thing is we've all worked and we've always worked nobody was on easy street everybody worked and it was all about scaling and working together towards uh, a common goal and we all had different different uh, strengths and you know i'm a real sales guy promoter my sister is a great salesperson but has much stronger organizational skills than 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 i do uh we all share a common vision uh you know you talk about what we've built we think it's normal and we just want to keep scaling i see i just said in a presentation in in i i see 24 25,000 agents in europe that's a speed bump that's just going to be like boom boom bang and we're just going to keep going uh the the the, mi- the mindset is you know 
30,000, 40,000, 50,000, 100,000, like just keep selling a great product. And as long as that product supports great service for consumers, uh, people are going to want to keep buying it. Uh, no different than the great service in the environment we've created for great real estate agents and the best real estate agents in North, in North America, which is, uh, you know, that's that, that, so in a family business, I guess everybody working in it yeah. has, has, made the biggest, yeah. has made the biggest difference. We've all been really engaged with a common goal. And I think there's also, you know, there is, you know now, because now you've got you know, second generation, third generation, you know, no longer really immigrants. Now they're Canadian or they're, you know, like. Well, we're going, my, I, I've moved back to Europe where yeah. my father yes. came from. Yeah. And Max, my 19-year-old son, is uh, in his uh, second semester at uh, university in Vienna. So... We're going the opposite, uh, exactly. So, um, um, you know, we, I, I see the world as a fairly small place. You, you know I travel a lot. I'm about uh, 300 days a year in, in hotels. Uh, you know, uh, a couple of days ago I was in uh, Toronto for a few days, but less than a week ago I was in, uh, in Vienna, Austria. A few days before that I was in... Uh, 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 Schweiz, uh, Switzerland. Uh, before, be, be, before that, I, a few days before that, I was in in Portugal, and before that, I was in Prague. And you know, w we work it pretty hard. Um, but this is what we know. This is what we do. It's what we love. I wouldn't do it if I wasn't really passionate. And I'm really lucky. I can be, you know, be you know, be working with so many great people. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that really is a good answer because there's a lot of nuggets inside family business making it work. So one one last question, and it's, it's probably a big one. Someone out there listening right now is thinking, man, I got this idea and I want to franchise it. I got this business that I started. This, you know, I've, a friend of mine, uh, Steve Schultz, he and his wife started a company called Nectar Juice, right? And, you know, from these little, you know, one-day cleanse, three-day cleanse, seven-day cleanse, he was never in franchising before. He was an infomercial guy, right? And I don't think he's ever pressed a juice in his life that I'm aware of. And yet he's got, I don't even know how many stores now. And they built this machine. If you were if you were to give somebody some early advice and do's and don'ts on starting a franchise, what would you recommend? Uh, cons consistent, replicatable customer experience that you can sell to individual entrepreneurs as a opportunity that they can build their own business. And of course, you have to have a product that the public is going to want to buy. That I, To me, I think that goes without saying. And um, making it easier for somebody who wants to own their, in, their own business because everything from, you know, scale and, 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 um, uh, you know, buying in something like a juice business, uh, you know, in, in our business, the biggest thing is, is, is idea sharing, what we learn from each other, just, you know, like the way we net network with each other and, you know, what you can learn in, in my business from other Remax uh, bro brokers. I'm sure your friend's juice business, if he chooses to franchise it, 
somebody in one of their stores is going to invent something a little bit different, just like you saw happen in companies like McDonald's. One guy decided he's going to start serving breakfast, and now you've got breakfast at McDonald's. The Mick Cafe comes from Vienna, Austria, believe, believe it or not. Really? Uh, yeah, that's where the first, uh, the first Mick, uh, Mick Cafe was. Now they're, now they're, now they're everywhere. Yeah. And you have to have something that it has to be a win-win if you're going to be a franchisor. Um, the franchisee has to be able to make uh, appropriate living, and uh, obviously you do as the as the master as the master franchisor, and you have to have a, a, a great product and be open-minded to change. Because in all businesses, like everything I just said, is the business we started in in 1980 is not the business that we're in today. Change, 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 change. And prospect, 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 prospect. Yeah, it's all it's all, all about scaling. Every, everything, everything, any business, no matter no matter what you're selling, it's a, it's a, it's a scaling it's a scaling business. If you're if you're selling homes and you sold ten homes last year, uh, you and you want to earn a bit more money, you need to have a plan to get to selling twenty twenty five. You know, you've shown Tom through your business that it's possible to sell a hundred. It's possible to sell two hundred or you know, or, or, yeah, exactly, uh, that, you know, it's, it is possible. And there's systems in place, back to franchising, systems that work, you know, re replicatable systems. And what you can't do, outsource. I look at, at our relationship. We can't create training programs that are as, as good as what you teach people. Why don't I lead people to you in our business? That's, that's, that's what we do. That's, why, that's how we originally got to know, 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 know each other. Um, McDonald's U was formed after Disney U because they were sending all their people to Disney U and said, oh, okay, now, now we understand it, we can go do it. But yeah. For years, that was the training. So, so Mike, we've heard a lot of ground. I want to be mindful of, of you know, our time. I want to say to you, first, first and foremost, thank you. You know, we become really good friends. Yeah, you know, we we've had a lot of fun. We do Absolutely. We have a lot of fun. Also, you know, because of our backgrounds, we think very similarly. We were kind of yeah. raised with this, like, gritty go build it go make it happen yeah. um and i just want to say publicly in front of all the listeners i am just super proud of you man like you your sister christopher i mean the entire family walter who i you know admire and just super enjoy um, i'm just proud of you guys. yeah th th thanks great to be here and uh we thank you and all of you guys for uh, all the support and of course all the all of our uh, great Remax people out there, and uh, and happy to share with Remax and non-Remax alike. I love to share, love to tell the success stories. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Tom. All right, buddy. Thank you, man. All right, guys. We've got a lot of value today. We've got a lot of I have nothing else to do. So as always, I love interviewing these extraordinary, you know, cast of characters, and Michael certainly fits that bill. Talk about a guy that's intense and focused in trying to change how real estate is done to ultimately serve the consumer. Think about what you learned inside this interview. What were the takeaways? What were the ahas? Maybe you're thinking about moving to a different country and starting over knowing what you know now. So I can't wait to read your comments. Let me know what you're thinking. And thanks always for checking out the podcast. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.